just three black kings Giving our thoughts to society From politics, sports, music, and whatever subject fits the need We ain't trying to make a grand, we ain't trying to make a band We just want to know who's bands I'm so happy to be here, blessings on blessings on blessings Taylor made life Yeah, fellow Kanye Yeah, fellow Rocco Shock Welcome to the Who's Man's Podcast everyone welcome to another episode of the who's man's podcast i'm your host ron the don aka mr taylor may in the building with me i got my man's conrad what's good beautiful people it's your boy that fella underscore connie and we back ending off the episode another was it 41 yeah 41 because 41 because uh b shock had that e40 moment or 40 whatever but but speaking of that who's uh who's in the building tonight I should say who's in the car. <laughs> Look out, this is Brian. I'm reporting on on uh in the field. I am reporting live from a QT parking lot in Waxahatsie, Texas. I swear that's the city. I just saw the sign. Um <laughs> I got allergies. I wanna rip my nose off, but I love this podcast so much that I pulled over. I got two and a half hours more to drive in the car. But I love y'all, and I want to get this episode out. So, hey. That's dedication. That's what we're giving y'all. That's right. Hey. Don't say we don't love y'all. <laughs> 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 All right, man. So how y'all doing? What y'all been up to? Like, what you been up to? Chill weekend. Out of work, so I didn't really do much. Just kind of laid back. Um, Watched some basketball. So it was a good weekend. Nothing, nothing too hectic. The NBA? Huh? You watched the NBA? Yeah, there ain't no other basketball going on. <laughs> You're right. Uh, <laughs> you caught caught me slipping. All right, my bad. <laughs> definitely ain't nothing happening in San Antonio next weekend. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but uh, how about y'all? How about y'all? Y'all doing? I'm doing pretty good. My weekend was uh, pretty smooth too. Uh, I didn't do too much besides chilling. Me and my graduate went to get pedicures on Saturday. That was <laughs> yeah, we do. You gotta stay fresh and clean. Oh, <laughs> I'm riding. I got pretty feet. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> this is my ticket to stop. <laughs> got to, you got to go in on Myra's feet. Y'all don't know what that's from. You're too young. All right, grow up. Uh, but no, other than that, it was pretty much really just chilling. It was a nice, relaxing weekend. What about you, uh, What did I do this weekend? I don't remember, to be honest with you. I have I've been dealing with allergies for like <laughs> the Damn past you. two or three weeks, and when I tell you like <laughs> you just want to rip parts off your body, like my nose, my eyes just start itching for no reason. I sneeze <laughs> like four or five times in a row, and I'm just like I question myself, like what am I doing? What did I do? What did I do to deserve this? Did I say something bad? <laughs> so I was trying to play it tough for a while, and I was like, you know what? I can I can deal with this. I don't need no medicine. I don't need the man's medicine. Man, I was at C- <laughs> I was at Walgreens because I'm fucking CBS. But I was at Walgreens at 12:30 at night last Saturday. Uh, <laughs> I bought Benadryl. I bought Zyrtec. I thought about buying Flonase, but I heard you got to watch out for it. I would have bought everything they had if it would have knocked me out. I took a Benadryl. I woke up 
13 hours later. <laughs> <laughs> and I was tired of my girlfriend because I'm like, you ain't even checked to see if I was breathing? Like, that's how we do it. But I'm alive. All right. I'm living. I'm trying to prosper. Uh, Yeah. Some big stuff about to happen. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But let's get into hey, it. I'm telling you, though, you don't even need to be getting on them name brand uh, allergy medicine. Just stick to the store brand stuff, dog. It'd be, it'd be doing me so well. That's what I should have. Look, I know, because when they looked at me and said $49, and I said, for what? <laughs> I said, you better read that up again, because I think you got multiple of those. <laughs> but I was like, look, I feel so shitty right now. I will go to the Benadryl factory and pay them if I have to. Like, just give me the shit, okay? Dope me yeah, up. I'll be scratching your neck at the factory. Y'all got some more. They got, that, they got the pills. They got it that's in liquid what, form yet? Okay, that, no, nah, all right. That's when they're like, Man. security. <laughs> security. I tell you, I'm desperate. I was desperate. Man, I know how hard it could be out there. I definitely be getting hard. Ever since I got down here in Texas, I've been getting I hit so much harder by them. They never did me like this up north. Like, what the hell is down here? What type of flowers and pollen and bees and I don't even know the <laughs> system that is down here. Like, what the hell is happening? I spent my whole life in Detroit and ain't never had nothing like this happen to me. I moved down to this. <laughs> I ain't going to say too much because I still live here, but I lived out here for two months, and I'm dead, okay? I'm dead. <laughs> now, y'all got to tell my mama what happened to me, all right? Damn. Somebody <laughs> live and tell the story. I'm over it. <laughs> all right, man, we're going to live on. Hey, but y'all know who else had a bad weekend? I heard about my man's Killer Mike getting mm. into all that drama with the NRA. My man Killer Mike Killer got Mike getting himself in trouble? Look, I can't even lie. I'm a, I've been a fan of his for a minute. I think he's a pretty dope rapper who's pretty underrated. But yeah, he did he did it to himself. It's 100. Congratulations, you played yourself. I just yeah. what was it? What, like, what was he doing? What was he thinking? So, I'll go ahead and say that I actually think that his intentions were not 100 bad. He just went about them foolishly because he said that he went and approached this conversation because. He wanted to further the conversation between the black community and gun owners, mm-hmm. which in itself, okay, that's a noble thing to do. You know, these are two communities that don't intersect that much and are kind of at odds with each other. And, you know, maybe there could be a conversation there to come to a compromise. But the way he went about it to go into the NRA's territory and talk with them and let them coax him into saying pretty much exactly what they needed him to say mm-hmm. so they could drop it right when they wanted to. Like, you walked right into that door that they opened for you to do. Mm. Well, my thing. Go ahead, go ahead, be shy. I was just gonna say my thing was you, and we're gonna get into this later because I know we're gonna uh, talk about the Parkland students and other students who stepped up over the weekend. Um, but the argument for gun control, and I feel like every person knows this, even the people who are fighting against it. No one is saying that they want to take away guns, that they want to get rid of guns, that they want to do anything like that. They're simply saying we need better control over who's allowed to get a gun, what type of guns they're allowed to get. So every time I hear somebody on TV, Killer Mike, pundits on CNN or Fox News or all over Twitter 
NRA advocates and things of that sort, they're all using the same, like, message. Oh, they're trying to take away our Second Amendment rights. They're trying to take away our guns. Oh, you better hold on to your rifles because here they come, those liberals. Uh It's like, no, that's not what they're saying at all. Like, like, they know that. That's I think that's the thing that, like, burns me so much. And, like, Killer Mike, of all people who has spoken up against for Black Lives Matter and has spoken up for different issues that have have happened across the country, has spoken up in support of Bernie Sanders. Uh, he was a big advocate, or a big, uh, he was definitely against Trump and all of that stuff. And he said some stuff that I totally agree with. But on this one, I'm like, you totally fail for everything that they're trying to get people to believe, which is that we're tr- that people are trying to get rid of their guns and take away their rights. And I thought, I don't know, I don't know the dude, I ain't never listened to a song of his, never supported him, but I've watched a few of his interviews, and I'm like, oh, I can agree with some of the stuff he says, but this is definitely the reason why I don't know any of your songs, and I won't support any of your albums, (laughs) I won't go to any of your shows, that's it. Well, see, with that, go ahead, Kyrie, I'm gonna say, at the end of the day, yeah, you sorry, but you ain't just gonna get a pass like that, brother. Just, I feel like, and I think what Ron said, uh, he just, he chose to say what he said at the wrong time, especially on a day which was all about not that. <laughs> so, no, well, to his credit, he didn't say it. Any t- he had recorded that interview a week prior, and they just chose when to release it. Which, I mean, right. they did that obviously on purpose. You played yourself. <laughs> <laughs> He put them in a position to make him look bad real easy. Like, he didn't make it hard for him. Well, it is what it is, Killer Mike. But I do feel like that he's, it's like, we're so quick to cancel people these days when they say one thing and that we don't agree with. Like you mentioned here, he's been riding in for us for so long and then he has one slip up. And I've seen so many people say, oh, cancel Killer Mike, cancel Run the Jewels, the group he's in, for those of y'all who don't know. And I'm just so ready to say, well, we're not with you no more. And it's like, are people not allowed to one, have opposing views, or even just make a misstep? Not in this you culture, are. I don't see. I mean, you are, but it's not something that is, uh, like you said, it's it's a in our culture nowadays, it's like if you're not allowed to have an opinion unless it's with the majority. So if you think different, say something different, whether or not you it might not be correct 100%, but just the fact that you have your own opinion, it's like you shut down. I mean, you see that every day. <laughs> on social media it's like one second people are flowing with with whatever is mainstream that's hot or whatever and then you have that one outcast that doesn't agree and then two seconds later or seven or eight tweets later it's flipped around and the other opinion of the person who was against it is now the main hot attention it's just like i don't know if it's just the the culture it is right now or since we're so into social media that we don't do our own research we don't do our own investigation or reading or so we just go with the flow and whatever the opinion is our opinion is uh, uh, modeled off of what people are saying that may not have zero education on the topic so i think that's one of the biggest biggest problems and that's one of the biggest problems i hate facebook for like i think if if it wasn't for like my family members that are overseas i keep in touch with 
I would never have Facebook because that's just what it is. It's one second, one swaying. It's going, this conversation is this. Everyone's all hype about this. And then two seconds later, if it's not what it was supposed to be, it's like now flipped around. And people are saying this again. And it's, I don't, know, I don't get that. Yeah, man. <clears throat> I think that one thing that we really need to think about is kind of like how much clout do you need to get be able to say these things and get away with it? Because like, let's say President Obama has had been the one in his shoes, we wouldn't have canceled him. So like, you, is it, who's in between Killer Mike and Obama that could say this and get away with it? Like, how much work do you need to put in before you you're allowed to make that misstep without the public turning on you? Well, to be fair, there were quite a few black people who canceled Obama, in their words, canceled Obama when he did not support, I don't, I guess he didn't say what they wanted him to say around the Black Lives Matter movement. There were people who, black people who canceled Obama when, uh, what was the other, the other big misstep, uh, I can't think of it right now, but there were, there have been times, and there are people to this day who don't care for Obama for whatever reason, uh, or whatever policy he enacted, or 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 stance he took, or, or for him not saying what they wanted him to say. I mean, there's people who cancel Obama to this day because they say he didn't do enough for black people throughout his presidency. So I mean, it can happen to everyone, and I think it has happened to every prominent figure my thing is if this is what you believe that's fine and if i don't support you and i don't support that belief i don't have to support you so while i won't go on the campaign of saying hey everybody cancel killer mike and rock the jewels i could have swore rock the jewels was a uh festival <laughs> run, run the jewels. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. And you rather rock the bell. <laughs> well, you know, damn it, get there. <laughs> you know where I'm going. Uh, <laughs> I won't go on a campaign to cancel his whole career, but I choose not to support him because I don't, I don't rock with you and your beliefs. He said something over the weekend about like, uh, or in in that same interview that hey, if my kids were to participate in the walkout. Or whatever, I would tell them to also walk out of my house because we don't jump on every different movement. And it's like, so you can be an activist and you can believe in what you believe in and you can be vocal and and all of those things for your beliefs. But if your kid disagrees with you, they got to leave your house. So they can't they can't just follow their dad's rule, if, if you will, or his example. I just thought that was a little odd, and I, I've, I've heard now after this interview and just looking on Twitter and different social media, uh, people, of course, because this happens whenever some people say stupid stuff, they kind of dug into, I call it your stupid past, and they mm. pulled out some of the other crazy things that he said about the LGBTQ community and. Some stuff he said about white people and stuff he said about different people and things of that sort that uh, he probably wouldn't want us to be thinking about at this time. So you just got to be careful what you say. You really do. And if you if you really believe it, stand behind it. Don't apologize. Like Stand behind it. Stand by what you believe. 
And if you really don't mean it and you really feel like, hey, I've learned or I did something wrong, then be just as loud with that as you were with your initial statement. That's my Mm. thing. Go back. Oh, one more thing. Take your ass back on NRA TV and say the apology. How about that? If that's really what you believe, go back on their platform and say what you posted on your own little Twitter platform. Because they have way more followers. I don't think they would. I don't think they would. No. But I'm just saying, like, don't. So many (laughs) people do that. They're so loud to say something that they want to apologize for in a press release 24 hours later when people start, when shit starts to hit the fan. I just feel like, do you really mean the apology? Or are you just doing this now because people are calling you out on it? Mm. I don't know. Would he ever actually apologize for what he said, or did he apologize for like the way it got, like the way it was taken into context? I think he apologized for the way it was taken into context. <clears throat> yeah, cause I think I don't think he's. I mean, I don't fully remember what, uh, what I read from his apology, but I don't think he was actually apologizing for what he said. I think he was more so apologizing one for even giving him an opportunity for like basically for going in NRA TV. But I think his views are still, you know, that's. What his views are, because he's always been an advocate of supporting gun gun ownership, especially within the black community. So I don't think he's ever backtracking on that. I don't know. And it's just fu- go ahead, reach out. Well, I'm just saying, like that's fine. Like if if your apology is, hey, I didn't want it to come out in this way, or I didn't want it to be used in this way. Why did you allow yourself to be played like that? DJ Khaled said it to all of us. Don't play yourself. Like that's a Bible <laughs> verse now. They just added it last year. Like, don't play yourself. You know, if you go on their platform, look at yourself and who you are, you know they're not going to use it for your good. Like, why would you even do that? That just frustrates me a little bit. Hey, I totally get that. That's definitely where I feel like he messed up, and that's where he needs to have the most critical thinking. How to even get in this position in the first place. But let's go ahead and keep the conversation we've been talking about, you know, the whole March for Our Lives protests and the, the Parkland kids and all that stuff that's been going on. What are y'all thoughts on that? <clears throat> so I've been, like, uh, <clears throat> having mixed feelings about the the whole debate on the Parkland kids. Um, because on, on one side, I'm very excited to see the youth taking a stand and like voicing their opinions and voicing their demands and for such a young age being articulate and being um passionate and not scared of what's going to happen to them or what people might think of them i think that's very powerful but i same time even if i hate to like go there or go this way with it it's just and you've been we've been seeing this all over the news Um, I'll just start off with this so I can at least end it with more positivity. But I just find it so hard that, and it's so hard not to look at, but these kids who are from Parkland that had this stage, and I think when the whole uh, town hall meeting started, Brian and I were talking about this, and it's just like, why does it have to be, um, why do they have to find and listen when it's like kids of who are not black or brown? You know, why is it that? when you know the black kids brown kids have these same things that these um young white kids are talking about aren't taken seriously or when they speak or march 
why is it that they're not getting the same support or you know we see all these things saying like you know the march support people are getting free lifts and free this but during the black <clears throat> black lives matter marches people are getting arrested or you know criticized so it's just i hate to bring that but it's you at the same time you can't avoid to look at that and say like look at the difference of how these kids are being treated um and goes down goes back to what we look like but at the same time um at least for me i want to drink to drink to that to um naomi walder the 11 year old girl that ah, i don't even i don't know i don't think i could even speak that articulate 11 years old in front of thousands of people live alone in front of my parents and she was just smooth with it she paused when she needed to pause she you know, crescendoed her voice when she needed to. She did all these things that were you would not expect an eleven-year-old girl giving a speech to do, and it, and it was very empowering to the people. People were crying when she was speaking. People were like, no, people were quiet. People were like paying attention, were paying attention to her. And not only that, to all the rest of the kids that were up there, even the Parkland kids that were speaking, they they all had powerful messages, and it was just, it was great to see youth doing that instead of grown on on like adults because at the end of the day they're the ones who are being affected by these shootings um so to me that was the best part of the whole march was seeing these seeing these um kids give their you know heart out and being honest and really trying to like reach out to the to the people in in high places to like hey listen to us like we're not just here for it you know the publicity we're not just here for you know i think one of the speakers said we have all these um singers here and actors but this is not coachella this is like a we're here for a reason like we could care less if these if these people are here there's special people these singers but we're trying to hit, get a message out um so that was really cool to see i don't know what you guys thought about <laughs> everything i thought it was a a, a beautiful it was a beautiful thing, like, the kids of our future, or the kids of today, our future leaders, you know, future policy makers, future entertainers, future sports stars, whatever they choose to be, chose for, to come together and lead this mu- movement with the help of some dope adults, uh, to lead this movement not only in D.C., but across the country. I'm with you, Conrad. When I saw that clip of uh, uh, Naomi, I was like, damn, what was you doing at 11? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what my speech would have sounded like. They probably would have had to, like, take me off the stage. Like, nah. Get him some milk. He needs some milk. (laughs) (laughs) But she was so poised and... And knew what she wanted to say and knew to like let it breathe and make sure that people heard the names that she was saying. And God mm-hmm. bless her for doing that because, you know, a lot of those, the people, the names that she listed, that was the first time I heard some of them. And I'm sure a lot of people in the audience, mm-hmm. a lot of people on TV, first time they heard it. Uh, I I am curious, I, and I want to like hear you guys' thoughts more. And Conrad, I heard yours. Like, it almost feels a little, to me, to me, it feels a little dirty 
attack not I don't want to say people are attacking the kids, but in a way they kind of are attacking these kids because the Black Lives Matter movement did not get as much coverage or press. Like I saw a lot of tweets and social media posts about man, these if these kids were black and brown, it would be this way. Oh, this little white girl, yeah, they're only letting her say that because of this. And it's like, while you may be telling the truth, all right, you may be telling the truth, is this the appropriate way to do it? Is this the appropriate way or time to make that argument? Or is there like a more productive way to do it? And and to their credit, those kids got on TV and did interviews after and said, we understand that we are getting more press and things of that sort than other movements, and it's our responsibility to make sure that we're giving the spotlight to them as well, which I thought was pretty dope. Um, but what's your guys' thoughts on, like, some of the, uh, I would say nastiness that has come out uh, from people kind of going at the kids as opposed to the message? I hate to say it, but it's almost like a necessary evil because I feel like it it's something that needs to be addressed. And I understand, like, you know, it just isn't the time, but there's never going to really be the time for it. So it's kind of like it just has to happen. And it's and it's ugly, but so is the truth behind it. <clears throat> yeah, I think for me, it's like it's more of I'm not I'm definitely not with it of a, like attacking these kids. Um, they're using their platform and. And like the other, like and you said, like you said, uh, B Shock, that they understand as long as they understand that you know they're getting publicized more. My issue is, and I don't know why, even like I, I I'm acting all surprised about it because at the end of the day, news, uh, coverages, media, they get to choose what they want to portray in on TV. So obviously, this is like the perfect thing for them to get their, you know quote-unquote ratings up or so it was it was perfect setting for them so it's not the kids fault we can't get mad at the kids for using this but at the end of the day you still have to think about that and like and like uh ron said it's do you wait till after it's done because then if you wait till after it's done now you're being that person's like oh why are you bringing this up now it's done like these kids have already said their thing so now you just want to bring this up now but then at the same time, if you say it during it, like, oh, you're taking away from the positivity these kids are bringing, and which is true. People are taking away the positivity these kids are bringing and the energy. But I wish it wasn't geared. It wasn't. I wish it wasn't directed towards the kids because the kids aren't really the kids aren't doing anything wrong. They're doing they're doing everything right. They're speaking for their for themselves. They're speaking for the other children. They don't have the voice that they're having right now. Um but at the end of the day, that's going to happen no matter what. There's always going to be someone to look for something negative in, a, in something positive. There's always going to be that person. And um, it's just one of those things where it, you just got to be ready for that. And I think these kids also see it because obviously they're still going strong. Um, I just hope now that it's, it's, it's not just going to be one of those things where it's a march happens. And then that's it, you know. Yeah. I hope I hope it's one of those things where now we got the you know the snowball going, 
and we're gonna keep rolling it and rolling it and rolling it and keep going, making it bigger and bigger because that's the only way people are gonna know. Um, and shout out to all the teachers that are out there. Shout out to our one of our special guests that came on, uh, President Pat. He was out there supporting his students and speaking for his students uh, in DC. Uh, so those these adults who are teaching these kids are the front line. They're right there with them. Um, so to see them, to see the kids speaking for them as well, it was also powerful because usually these teachers are the ones who are speaking for the kids in situations like this. But now the kids have the voice and to see the teachers there right there with them, backing them up is even more inspiring yeah. because it shows that, it just shows to you that our teachers matter. All of them matter. And they're putting in time and effort that people don't see people don't recognize people they don't get these special awards like all these other you know careers they're not in the news all the time until until negativity happens to them um so it's powerful to see that and i appreciate all our teachers out there teaching our brothers our sisters our nieces cousins um because they need they need strong voices to hear that they're doing the right things and they're going to make it and you know they're going to be cared for but <clears throat> Uh, I, I'm just excited to see where it's going to go next. Um, but, you know, it's, it's one of those sad things where you, at the end of the day, you don't know when the next shooting is going to happen. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's very humbling, but also very uh, gives you a reality check because we you know at the end of the day, these kids have to go back to school in the same places where they don't know if they're going to be safe or not. So hopefully this March will give at least one person in high chair an eye-opening experience you'd like to think about what governor what rules are going to change for the upcoming elections what you know things what are they going to move are they going to move some chess pieces around to make sure that their kids are protected and their teachers yeah i was just thinking like uh so the whole message around hey they're trying to take away our guns wow stupid it's it's so stupid it is so effective because there's so many stupid people. So if you can build, like if you can make a simple message and just put it out there, people eat it up. I feel like though the supporters of gun control have to do a better job of simplifying, stupefying, stupidifying, stupidifying, that's (laughs) stupidifying a message to put out there as well. I don't know what that is, but that deserves some thought because maybe that's the issue. Like, if people just knew, like, oh, they don't want to take away our guns. They just want to make sure crazy people don't get them or make sure that uh, the wrong guns are in the wrong hands. Like, that's what they want. Okay, I'm behind that. Yeah, of course. Like, I feel that would that would help. Not Killer Mike trying to use Black Panther as an example. Oh, <laughs> uh, <why>? Yeah. <laughs> you saying, like, Wakandans had guns? I was like, okay. <laughs> Come back to reality, <laughs> my friend. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Hey, but moving on to something a little lighter, uh, depending on who you're a fan of. Uh, ESPN, the magazine, released 
uh, is actually celebrating their 20th anniversary. So they're doing like these lists of 20. They got the 20 best teams, the 20 best sports stories, all of that stuff. But they led off with the 20 most dominant athletes of the last 20 years. Now, I don't even have to go any further, and you would already (laughs) know who I think is the most dominant athlete of the last 1, 2, 20, 30 years is. She ain't even, oh, she's over 30. It's Serena Jamika Williams, but we ain't gonna go there right now. Because I looked at their metrics, and what they used, their, their bulletproof math, as they called it, and basically, they took five things, or they had a five-step process. They looked at um, what was the top league in each sport that at least generated $100 million. So that kind of knocked off a few, you know, people who may participate in local league. I think of, like, soccer. I think of, like, uh, I think some of the racing sports have different leagues and stuff like that. Where ultimately you can gain points, but it's not really, you know, now or a worldwide thing or something you can actually measure. Um, then they looked at the past 20 seasons, obviously. And then from there, they kind of took it as who were the four top performers in that season for the last 20 seasons. And they looked to see who appeared most often. And then from there, they took like another met another step to see to try to normalize the ratings or adjust them, if you will, for the different time frames. Uh, and then they took one last step to kind of they didn't really like explain this part, but to try to like make it equal across all sports, which I don't really understand how you do. And I think that's my biggest issue with this list. But, you know, I ain't gonna go there. Um, <laughs> but the most dominant athlete of the last 20 years was Tiger Earl Jones. The second most dominant athlete was LeBron, I don't know his nickname, James. I was about to say Orenthal, but that's OJ, and I was going to feel bad. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do that for the king. That's his nickname. Do you guys agree? I do not agree with Tiger Woods being number one, but I think you should say the top five first before we say we agree or not. All right, so number three was, I'm pulling it up, was Peyton Manning. Uh, mm-hmm. Number four was Jimmy Johnson, who's a NASCAR racer, because I know some of y'all didn't know that. Uh, hey, fun fact. <laughs> Let me throw this out there. Jimmy Johnson does not own Jimmy Johns, in case that name made you wonder. He was like, damn right, he dominated. <laughs> <laughs> he got a whole everywhere. Freaky fast. <laughs> and number five, wow, I love him. Uh, he don't deserve to be here. But hey, Roger Federer. Penis, 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 penis was the top five. We could start there, but hey. That was the top five. A woman doesn't even make the list. Oh, she's number six. Number six. (laughs) Good for her. Um, all right. I don't agree with Tiger being number one. 
I don't agree with Jimmy Johnson being even in the top five. I was very shocked that Serena wasn't within the top three. So, with that being said, I don't think... First of all, why wasn't MJ in this? Or is that too... That's what I thought too. But I guess with their whole bulletproof uh, math, he wouldn't have been... Well, he should have. That doesn't make any sense to me. So it would um, be what ninety eight to nineteen yeah nineteen eighty eight till now yeah nineteen ninety eight. But I would have probably put LeBron at one, Serena at two. Um, yeah, Peyton Manning. All right, I'll leave Peyton Manning at three, and then I would taken out Jimmy, and probably if I had the choice, would have put in MJ in that mix top five if he was relevant i guess he wasn't as relevant in 98 to espn but even the the next seven the next six people don't make sense to me even being in the top 10 top when 11. did jordan retire 2002 uh, like officially officially yeah oh no no when did he leave no. the bulls <laughs> <Let's make that laughs> <clear. That's> I'd look it up for y'all real quick while I'm looking it up. Brown. So I'm gonna go ahead and say what I think. Then I also didn't agree with Tiger being at number one, but I also wasn't mad at it. It's like I could make you could make a case for it, which they did. And I, when they made their case, I was like, all right, yeah, I can see that. So, and of course, right behind them, I do think that LeBron comes in number two pretty easily. And then after that, that's where I would put Serena personally. And then. My thing with putting Peyton Manning on the list is that I feel like with football, the rules of that game have changed so much that it's hard to really give him praise for breaking records because literally the quarterbacks that came before him couldn't do what he did because the game changed to allow him to do that. So, I mean, yeah, he was beating other people, but to say that he did all those record-breaking things, that holds less weight to me. So, I'm taking him out of the top five. So, so, sorry. uh, So, in this case, then – would you say quarterbacks now, so Tom Brady should be above him in that case since the games have been changed more till now? Yeah, I'd put Tom Brady above him for the fact that I feel like when it comes to Tom Brady, he literally is more, just more, just literally more dominant. I feel like even Peyton Manning in his prime doesn't come up to quite where Tom Brady in his prime is as far as like even just how much the teams fear him, how much people were like, Okay, you have to play against him. I just feel like you always have, feel like I just always feel like Tom Brady held more weight there, so I, I can't give Peyton that praise. Yeah. Mm. And then after reading about Federer, which I mean I don't know much about tennis, so just I had to really just see what the what the case was. I mean, his accomplishments, which I've heard a little bit about before, listening to um, the Flavor File podcast, he really was out there doing his thing. Like now that I know a little bit more about him and what, and what his credentials are, I gotta say, yeah, he, I can see a case for him being in that top five spot. So I'll probably put him right behind Serena. And then number five, I don't even know what I would do there. So I'm just going to leave that one up for grabs. <laughs> would you throw Floyd up there? Because he's what, number – he was number Ten. eight. He was number eight. eight. Yeah, Floyd's, Floyd's number eight. And yeah, I could kind of make a case for Floyd, but at the same time, I don't know enough about boxing to comfortably make make my own case for it. Yeah. Mine either. Yeah, go ahead, uh, Bishak. Let's hear yours. Well, I was going to say, like – 
obviously I would put Serena one. I mean, I guess one, I've looked at this list a few times. Cause at first I was just pissed off. Cause I saw, <laughs> I saw a tweet saying there's 11 more dominant athletes than Serena Williams. And I was like, where the fuck at? Where are they at? <laughs> Let me figure this out. And then I went back and I was like, okay. I looked at it again. I was like, still stupid. Then I looked at the math, and I was like, well, yeah, if you look at it that way, of course they're more dominant. Okay, yeah, Tiger Woods had a dominant run where no one else beat him through many years. Okay. But, like, I feel like this list doesn't take into account longevity. It doesn't take into account, um, like, setbacks or injuries and coming back from them and how dominant you were when you came back like i feel like there's so many other variables that you could look at that would change definitely would change my rankings of the list um i also feel like the way that they they um i kind of feel like the way that they came up with this list like unfairly uh takes away or takes out other sports. So, like, even if you look at Olympians, like, swimming, like, I would put Michael Phelps on this list. The most yeah. decorated Olympian of all time. I would, I mean, and he did it all within the last 20 years. I would probably put him on here. I mean, track and field, they do have Allison Felix, but, and they and do have Bolt. Usain Bolt. Uh, but, like, that, I feel like some of the Olympic sports weren't treated as kindly on this list. Um, I don't know anything about NASCAR, so off rip, I'm gonna be like Jimmy who? Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they're happy <laughs> that their boy made it, but I do know like uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Maybe he ain't dominant. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's not on the list. Well, what about homeboy? <laughs> what about our Who's Man's we talked about? The Formula One racer. He's a very yeah. he's dominant. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton, like yeah. They had a Formula One driver on the list. They did. Uh, I forgot what his name was. I definitely remember seeing it. I'm like, who watches Formula One? Oh, Michael yeah. Michael Schumacher, whatever Schumacher. Yeah, Schumacher. I think that's what it is. So I wonder, like, why did he make it versus Lewis? And maybe, you know, if I yeah, watched I it, I would know. But uh, <laughs> look, my top five. I actually am gonna surprise you. LeBron would be in my top five. All right. That's not a surprise. I would just say that. Yeah, I'm not surprising. Uh, <laughs> but well, where? The question is where. This podcast, so. The question is where is he ranking in your top five? Well, you know. Yeah, that's what's going to surprise me. Wait, were you guys surprised Kobe didn't show up on this list at all? No. Nah. No? No. Not over the last Only 20 years? His, I feel like his, his best success has always came with help. So I feel like it's impossible. Maybe that's why that MJ. Was... So maybe that's why MJ's not on. Because you say you can argue about that. That he had support. Yeah. That could be why. Well, that was another thing. Like, I feel like this, uh, the way they do this math, well, how is it, like, how do you calculate a team sport versus an individual sport? Like, does that... I think... always makes it the most difficult. Well, the only thing I can say about this, because really the only team sports on here are basketball and really football, because soccer, you can still be an individual in it. Hence why Messi and Cristiano are there, because they really, without them, those teams are nothing. And with LeBron, obviously we know LeBron's the coach, the player, the 
GM, the president, <laughs> all of the above. So he's basically an individualized player. He has, uh, he doesn't have help. Um, so that's why I can see why he, but the most of the time, most of all the rest of the people on here are individual athletes. Um, I just want to say this one more time. Serena Williams won her first Grand Slam in 1997. I know that's a year before your magazine, ESPN, but that's your fault, not hers. All right. She has won 22 more majors in the next 20 years. Okay. More than the number of years you're celebrating with your little magazine. More than Roger Federer, who plays the same sport that she plays. She's done it while pregnant. She's done it coming back from in, uh, injuries. She lost a sister in the process. She didn't got married in the process. And she's still playing. All right? And ain't nobody buying a little crunchy-ass magazine, but she's still out here. <laughs> so take that and take it again. That's my top five right there. Serena Williams, Serena Williams, LeBron James, Serena Williams, and maybe Tiger. <laughs> you ain't shit, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The fact that she didn't take all five spots. That's progress. Uh, <laughs> hey, so. All right, wait, so go ahead. No, I was about to say, Ron, you should, uh, let's see what uh, B-Shock thinks about what Flagrant 2 said. Between the debate, if you're going to lead with that, that was you're going to oh, say. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, I, forgot, I almost forgot about that, but uh, yeah, let's go ahead and let's see what his, uh, his thoughts are. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those of you who are podcast listeners, uh, there's a Flagrant Two is a sports podcast by uh, Andrew Schultz and his oh. his boys uh, Kaz and Ashik. And Akash. Akash? Is it Akash? Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. Close enough. Um <laughs> They ain't gonna listen to they ain't gonna listen to me anyways. But anyway, so one episode they decided to check out. Good. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Good. And then I hope I hope they roast me. So then that means they're like, Oh, who's that? Let's go find who he is. <laughs> then we good. There you go. Right. <laughs> um So they had an episode after the Eagles won. Shout out to the Eagles. And uh towards the end they were talking about dominant athletes presence i guess what you would say they were talking about like muhammad and um who was it they throw i think they throw floyd in there but anyways they got to the point between talking about your boy uh fetter and your girl serena williams and i don't know to me they kind of made some points to they're arguing why they think that roger federer was the, the greatest athlete um over Serena, and they had they had made some points, and made, I think that for me the biggest points I took out of this is why he's more, because um, why they think he's considered the greatest athlete, and why that we don't talk about him as much as we would talk about, or the way we talk about like Serena Williams, we we don't talk about Roger the same way, but they're saying that he he won like annihilated that. <clears throat> That record that was held by Pete Sanders, I think. And check me if I'm wrong, Brian, because uh-huh. he's a tennis guy. Um, yeah. And he had, what, 14 record or 14, was it Grand Slams or just 14 14 wins? Grand Slams, yeah. 14 Grand Slams, and Federer came in and blew it out with, what, 18? Or 18? He has 20 now. He has 20 now, okay. Yeah. Um. 
So they were saying that. So he blew that out the water. And then the number two best tennis player, and then which is Nadal, correct me, right? Yep, Rafa Nadal. Nadal, who had also 14, I'm sure now it's, I don't know if it's more or not, but from what they were saying, he had 14 um, Grand Slams. Uh-huh. And Roger, like, beat him in his prime, and that's a, the second best tennis player in the world. False. And then, huh? That's false. But okay. that's false. All right. Yeah. Oh, I'm just, I'm just saying. See, I'm, I'm like scared telling Brian what the, what they were saying. Like, as if it was my <laughs> fault. <laughs> I'm about to rip my head off. <laughs> but then they kept going as well. And so the num- the se- the third or the next person they were talking about was uh, Djokovic. And how he's this young guy who is like a lot younger than Roger Federer, and he has 12, 12 Grand Slams, uh-huh. and that the thing is Roger has beaten all these people in his prime. He has had a higher level of competition that he's uh, uh, beaten all these people. And and granted, Serena, yes, she is twenty three Grand Slams. She's dominated Sharapova, who has five. Venus is her sister, has seven. And then some other names were what uh, Justine and Martana or something like that. Yeah. I forgot their names. Uh-huh. They have seven and five, which is which we're saying like they don't have any. She hasn't really had that much competition like Federer did. You know what's has. interesting about that argument? Yeah, they can list two people for Roger Federer that he has had to compete against over his career that are his biggest competitors. But what they don't mention as part of Serena is that those different names, three out of five people that you just named are now retired, have left the sport, are commentating or living lives as a family woman. She has outlasted different generations of tennis players. And to me, that means a lot when I think of dominance. It means that not only, I mean, you think about the fact that her biggest competitor right now is her sister. If her sister weren't weren't around, Serena would have even more championships because she's the only person she's lost to the most in Grand Slam finals. So I would take that as Serena could easily have four or five more Grand Slams if Venus wasn't playing. And I think, look, let's just call a thing a thing. People figure that a man plays a sport that he is, and he wins a lot. He's easily more dominant than any other woman that could play as well. It happens in basketball. It happens in in soccer. It happens in tennis, obviously. Um, Roger Federer is, I think, give or take a few months older or younger than Serena Williams, or either he's in between her and Venus. They've both been playing the same amount of time. She's won more than him. Uh, I think it's interesting that Rogers' biggest competitors that you named, Rafa Nadal and Novak Djokovic, he has a losing record against. Uh, Serena can't say the same about her. Uh, so you can put all the facts out there, okay? Longest at number one. Serena holds that record. Roger holds that record. Most Grand Slams, Serena holds that record. Uh, more overall championships, Roger holds that record. Uh, you can, you can go down the list, but when it comes down to it, you look at the dominance on both ends, Serena comes out on top. In my book, in many tennis professionals book, especially if they're a woman, they'll back Serena. Some men have the courage to back Serena. Uh, but look, 
it's a it's it's the world we live in, you know. Hopefully one day women will be looked at as equals in the sports world. Um, and it won't just be a Serena. It'll be just an everyday thing that, hey, they're just as dominant as their male counterpart. And hopefully one day we'll get there. <laughs> we ain't there. Um, do you think, and this is a question they, or uh, something they said was, do you think if Federer was black and he was dominating his sport like the way he is, we would be talking him, about him just like we talk about Serena? I couldn't even imagine it. <laughs> I can't even imagine it. Uh, I, th- ooh, I think the whole sport might look different if we had a, a pro black person and both male and female. Oh, that were really that, good. That whole sport, and they both they both came in what mid nineties. So yeah. right now, yeah, that whole sport would look different. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, you think about it. Like the U.S. Open last year, I was listening to a podcast earlier, and they were talking about this. The U.S. Open last year, there were four Americans and four women Americans in the semifinals. Three of them were black. Two of them nice. were in their 20s. So they were babies when Serena and Venus played primetime at the Open back in, I think, 99 or 2000, maybe it was. So, and one of those women last year was Venus Williams, who's 37 now. So, I mean, they have drastically changed their sport, not only from, like, the color of people's skin, but the way people play tennis is, the way women play tennis, I should say, is drastically different than it was 20 years ago. Well, I'm sure some men learn from them, too. Oh, mm-hmm. you're damn right. But damn, that would be so, like, I mean, hey, you look at Tiger, I guess Tiger would be the only example, and, I mean, I don't know any other black professional golf players i feel bad saying that if there is one i mean but that would be the only example like (laughs) none that i've seen like mainstream the tiger i mean i I don't think he changed the sport but he changed the fan base of it true like i uh, i think he brought a whole different crowd or obviously he brought a black crowd to a sport that was predominantly had a white fans um so he brought a whole new generation, a whole new crowd. Um, so that's how he changed the game as far as that. I don't necessarily think he changed. I mean, he still he still changed the game because I'm still sure that he's still using an example, as a, at least as a professional athlete, not as his life choices, but as a professional athlete, to kids who are golfers that are, want to golf when they're these black boys who want to golf. Like He's still an example to them because he's the only one <clears> – <throat> At least I can say that I've seen on in mainstream media for sports that is a, that is has these accolades as a black athlete in the golf sport. That's true. And he sparked yeah. one of the greatest music videos of all time, Mo Money Mo Problems. <laughs> <laughs> true. True, Hell true, true. Yeah. Well Hey. All right, so listeners, hold on, listeners. Uh go ahead. Well, you, uh, I hope you guys get a chance to check out this uh, Dominant 20 ESPN magazine on, uh, they have online already. Yeah, don't buy it. If you, uh, if you agree with us again, if you agree with us, if you think, you know, Brian was 100% correct and there was only one spot on the top five for someone different, let us know. Slide in our DMs, you know. Who's Man's Podcast on Instagram. Who's Man's Podcast on, on Twitter. 
podcast at gmail.com is our email. Facebook is the same thing. Let us know or tell us who your top five would be. Or if, if you thought this was a whole trash list, like no, like the whole thing, throw it away and you make your own 20. <laughs> let us know. We'll, we'll listen. <laughs> we want to see what that 20 is. And, and your 20 better not be trash either because we will expose you. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so let us know. Um, but yeah, what we got next? What were you about to say, right? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. So now it's time for you know the only everyone's been waiting for. The reason why probably by a few of you tuned in to this episode is for our album of the month listening club. It's, it's that time, y'all ready? Hey, let's, let's dive in, hey. man. Let's dive in. Let's get it. All right. So the album for this month, March 2018, is Common's sixth studio album, B. Mm. B. So he dropped this album back in May of 2005. So it's coming up on about 13 years for this one. And when he dropped it, it was under good music, so definitely was a lot of kind of influence in it. So I'm gonna pass off to Kyra to tell us a little bit why he chose this one. I mean, I, I did kind of choose it because I had Kanye, so uh, Ron would allow me to have this album on the podcast in the first place. So I, I was I did think, not give any restrictions. I was <laughs> I was thinking ahead of time just in case I got a no. Um, <laughs> but so it kind of worked out, even the way this whole. Uh, album just dropped after what we've just been talking about with uh, um, the marches and and all the messages we give at the end of the podcast about positivity and being who you are. Um, so I just feel that's kind of one of the main reasons I picked it because actually like right after the Lauren Hill um, breakdown where we had a review for the album, the next day like the first song, the first random song I, I popped onto my uh spotify rotation was b and i was like you know what let me listen to this whole album and see if something i knew it was going to be common because i had two albums for common i wanted but i listened to this album again and it just hit on everything to me i felt like it was everything that we needed to hear everything you like if you're if you're down you need motivation you feel like you're not making it right now and what if whatever steps you want to take in life it's like you can listen to the intro right away it's like telling you like you know just do what you want to do like this you know be genuine, be yourself, um, and that's even what he said. A lot of a lot of people were making jokes on him and saying that the actual album stood for before Erica, but he tried, <laughs> but he but he uh, he like just basically said the reason he called it B is because he wanted you to be who you are, be able to be in the moment, not try to rush things, not try to try so hard to be, to fit into groups and fit into society that doesn't fit who you are, and just be natural. And I think that's what at least I try to depict or preach on this podcast at the end. Like, and so I figured it would flow perfectly right after listening to Lauren Hill um, and her message. And so that's why I chose it. That's why it, it spoke to my heart. So that's why I picked it. All right, all right, that's a pretty good reason right there. I like that background. Yeah. Okay, so let's go ahead and start off with just giving our first overall rating for the album. How many flame emojis do you give it? One to five. Kai, oh, how many? Um, I'll give it a four point five flame emoji. Four and a half flame emoji. Okay, I can okay. <clears throat> Coming in pretty high for you. How about you, B? I give it a solid, bold four flame emojis. <laughs> nice. 
Alright, so I, I kind of figured this would happen, but I'm going to go ahead and, and be the, give it the lowest score of all of three <laughs> flame emoji. Oh! <laughs> yeah. So, I purposely didn't mention this to you guys when you uh, said that this was the album you wanted to do, but I'm like low-key not a fan of Common. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I see why you weren't excited. You see, fellas, so you see listeners? You see, this is why. <laughs> This is why I had to make sure not... Kanye was in it because he had to like something about it. <laughs> Look, I wasn't going. I'm not going to go and say I'm a uh, common hater. I don't think. I think he's definitely dope, but I'm just. He's not really in my rotation a lot. I don't purposely seek out his music. Is it because he did? So, is it because of your, his relationship with your girl, Badu? Nah, they got. They got <laughs> you can tell us, man. You can tell us. Nah, I think his music before that was okay. His music after that was okay. His music during that was okay. <laughs> It's all just okay to me. So you oh, really, wow. so you've listened to his albums, and you just like, is it him or is it his music, or is it's it his? You can't separate. With him, it's I can't separate the two, and like normally I can, but with him I just can't do it because I feel like the, his music encompasses so much of, of what the stuff I don't like about him is, which we can kind of talk about a little bit later. But I would just say that. This was definitely, like, listening to this album in full was definitely more than common than I have planned on listening to. <laughs> okay. So don't. Perfect. Perfect. Tag common in this episode. It. Please don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I feel. Hey, no. We, I got your back, common. You'll know what it's talking about. Well. <laughs> I was so bad for what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all good. Look, I ain't gonna have no animosity as we get to this. I enjoyed it overall. Like I said, I gave it three out of five because my expectations for it was like I'm only gonna like the songs I already know. But when I was actually listened to it and heard some of the other tracks on it, I was like, okay, this album isn't bad. Oh, so right. oh, okay. It, it's, it's, I went into it expecting to give it a one just for the, for the two songs I like, and he actually got me to give it a couple more. So kudos for that. Damn, I fr- one. I did- I feel like I forgot that, um, like, I feel like every common song I know is on this album, except one. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> except one, the the one with Mary J. Blige. Come Close? Yep, that's yeah. right here. But Damn. I was like, oh, shit, this is, I like this song. <laughs> and I really enjoyed myself listening to it, but I was like, oh, man, so how much common am I mi-? When you said his fifth album? Yep. I think it was fifth or six. Yeah. Like, what the hell is on the other ones? <laughs> what is? What is what, I feel bad now. I, I love you, Common. Though this is a good man. All right, he's an Academy Award winner, Grammy winner, a brother rapper for the Light Skin Brothers. Like, go ahead, Common. But I don't know your music. All right, so let's Sorry. talk a little bit about the, the theme of the album. So what were some themes you noticed throughout the songs as you were listening to it? Did you pick up on anything that you felt like he wanted to communicate throughout the album? <clears throat> um, Like I said earlier, I think obviously the whole album was about being yourself. That was one of the messages. Um, also, it was I, this, I'm just going to say one word. So love was one of them. Obviously, he depicted it in the song. Um and I also heard that, uh, particularly, I'm not going to go into it, but particularly in the corner, <clears throat> the, <clears throat> the the title of the corner, uh, when he's depicting about uh, hardship, but also showing that, you know, 
this place is depicted as somewhere where bad things happen, you know, drugs, prostitution, all this stuff. But at the end of the day, he made it look like these people are working for what they can actually get and afford to live in a in an area where no one is supporting them. Uh, I also got hope out of it, out of this album. So those are themes I was catching. I thought about you, B? You pick, up, you pick up anything different? Yeah, the big thing was, for me, it was like Chicago. Like, <laughs> love for Chicago, yeah. repping home, all the different, uh, which is, you know, obviously he's always repped for Chicago. He's on a show called The Shy Now. Um, Great show. But it, it was really, it was, like, I feel like as I listen to this and... I'll just be honest, I give a lot of credit to, like, at least two of those flames is solely dedicated to the production of Kanye. Oh, yeah. And maybe one of those flames is for John Legend jumping in and out throughout the album. (laughs) So, (laughs) collectively, I got four. But, I mean, it just painted, like, this picture of Chicago that I feel like I can see that I want to go visit, that I want to be a part of, that I wish I was a part of. Uh, I thought that was really dope. Um, I felt almost like was a little jealous listening to it. Like, I wish someone would rap about my city in the same way. And maybe Bit Sean kind of tries, but I didn't feel, I just felt so much, I don't know, I'm sorry. That was an unnecessary dig at Bit Sean. <laughs> that was rude. <laughs> but yeah, Chicago. <laughs> yeah i'd say i definitely picked up on all those things as well so really the thing i would add to it is that i feel like he wanted to give us a sense of finding the beauty within you know whatever your situation is mm. so the song i figure like embodies at the most is the corner which mm. like i mentioned on twitter that's my favorite song off the album and i feel like he's talking about the all the rough and the the dirtiness that goes on on the corners in the hood but then he also in the court he's saying you know, i wish i could give you this feeling and they talk about the corner was like they say our Taj Mahal, our monument. This is like where we, mm-hmm. the black community, came together and you know made something for ourselves that we enjoy. It made our own personal space. If we couldn't get no buildings, we decided to take the corner for ourselves, and we found a way to find happiness there, which is just something that we always do within the black community. So I think he wanted people to just say, you know, whatever it is within you or within your surroundings that you're not happy with, try to see if you can find the bright side because there's something in there that can help you, you know, maintain that light as you go through it. Oh. Damn, damn, snaps on for that one, boy. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so let's dig a little bit more into the track list now. So, what would y'all think of the singles on this album? There was the corner I just mentioned. Actually, there was a pretty, almost half the album ended up being a single. It really, yeah, yeah, it really is like five songs out of the eleven. <laughs> right, there was go testify, they say, and even the food was performed live. So mm-hmm. he definitely was publicity for that. So. What were your favorite amongst them? What you think of them overall? What were your thoughts? Man, my favorite, my favorite single just because really it's because of the video, yeah. uh, is "Testify." Like yeah. I've yeah. always <clears throat> loved that song, and like after you see the video with Taraji, she's in it. You just you look at it, and you're like, "Oh shit, I didn't know she did it." Like <laughs> I was like following along, like man. Like, that was, who I don't know who made the video, I should have looked it up before we recorded, but whoever did, they're a genius, because 
they took the lyrics and turned it into something bigger. And now every, I have no choice. Anytime that song comes on, I immediately see the video. And I think that's so dope. I can still see Taraji in that courthouse every time. Man. I was a little mad at Taraji for a little while. I was like, you 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 down low. How dare you? (laughs) What about you, Conrad? What about you, Conrad? Definitely testifies up there for me and Go are probably my two favorite singles. I don't know, Go just has that, I don't know, this the upbeat tempo that makes you yeah. really do makes you want to just like whatever you're trying to do at that moment, you just want to do it, get it over with, you know, move on to the next thing. It's like it makes you feel like I don't know, nothing can stop you in the moment. So that's why I like uh Go on that one. <laughs> but testify yeah, for, for me, sure. Anytime yeah. you hear the anytime you hear that soundtrack cut on i just imagine my in my head right away i'm just watching the video like just <laughs> not even following the song really on the radio i'm just following the song as how it is on the video <laughs> the music video did kanye yeah, produce I, that go ahead. um i think he did i feel like he had to right i mean i think he i think he was like the executive producer on the whole album so if he wasn't i think he had to touch at least every track a little bit mm. but don't quote me on that because i didn't do my research <laughs> you should know this, Ron. Right, I mean, really, people should know not to trust my word. <laughs> I say things like I know they're true, but really, I should just always be fact-checking. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I'd say for me, uh, outside of the corner, they say was is definitely a standout favorite for me amongst the singles, mostly because, again, because of Kanye, because I feel like that's like one of his best verses he ever spit. Mm. So... You can even take comment off the song for being real, but I'm going to go ahead and let him stay. And hey, say chill, bro. <laughs> yeah, chill, man. This is his album. <laughs> you're right, you're right. It's his album. But I will say that, you know, John Legend did his thing on the chorus. I think that was when, like, he was in his peak game for providing, like, what? I don't know much about John's solo career to say that was his peak, but when it came to him working with rap artists around this 2005 time frame, that was when he was making his best music with rappers. And that was, like, so th- that wasn't, I mean, to be fair, that was the introduction of John, like ordinary people had just come mm-hmm. out the year before. So he had just really popped. Look like, at him now. It's crazy. Yeah, like to go back it. and like, look at some of Kanye's earlier productions. John legend is on so many songs, but you just kind of don't know who the dude is. So you're like, Oh, that's just somebody singing. Maybe that's <laughs> old school or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm. All right. So, Thinking on the opposite spectrum, was there any song on the album where you were just like, I'm not messing with this, you have to barely could get through it, or you like, you know what, I can just do it without this whole song, take it off the album? Anything like that for y'all? Hmm. I'm trying to pull up the track list, to be honest with y'all. <laughs> it was, it's, the, the track list is Be, The Corner, Go, Faithful, Testify, Love Is, Shy City, The Food, Real People, Real people. They Say... It's your world. Huh. Uh, I'm gonna need. A, I'm gonna need a minute. I know you already got yours, Ron, since you already gave the album. All right, one. well I can go. You can get rid of me before you. Where do I start? <laughs> there was only two songs I was like, you know what? I'm only gonna listen to this this one time, and this is gonna be the last time. And for me, it was Faithful and Chastity. And for me, with both of those things, it was just the beat. Like, I don't know what it is, but for some reason, both of those beats, I just found them to be 
Like, it just didn't resonate with me in a way that I wanted to hear him again. So I, I sat through them so I could make sure I absorbed the message that he was getting. But you can get rid of both of those albums. You can get rid of both of those songs. I think it'll take the album easily up to a four out of five for me. Uh, yeah, I might have to agree with Shy City. The only reason I'm not picking Faithful because I just, I like the, I didn't even know it until I heard, like, went back to, like, f- figure out what the whole song meant. And I then I listened to it. And so it made me like it more because it was a compelling topic to the whole song was what if god was a female like that was a whole song like what if god was a her and so to me that was like dope to even think about that and what he was saying would we treat you know would we treat um would treat god the same way if it was a woman and all these like connections of way men treat women and so that was that was the only reason i I would keep faithful there but if i had to pick one probably shy city because i mean the whole damn album is about chicago so right (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like mines are uh, six and seven, which is Love Is and Shy City. And I feel like that's a little unfair. I was on such a high after Testify that I think anything he would have put after that would have, like, I almost wish he would have put, like, Interlude. And Ron, I know you hate Interludes, but I wish he would have <laughs> put, like, something there to break it up because I just remember thinking, like, oh, okay. So you're still going with this. <laughs> and then Shy City was like, okay, you want me to turn this off. Like, where are we going? Like, come on, bring me back up. And then I thought it was cool to put, like, the live version on there because I was like, oh, this is – you don't really – usually people put live versions of songs, like, at the very end or, like, as a bonus track. But to put it, like, within the album, I thought that was really cool. And it, maybe that's what – maybe if he would have just changed the playlist a little or the – the list the track list a little bit uh i would have cared about those at least at least love is a little more i didn't really rock with shy city at all mm-hmm. we're on the same page cool. with that. I, all right so go ahead i do want to just i know i said it once but i feel like i gotta say it again kanye on this album the production on this album is so great like and i know I know people don't like saying this, and you want my old shit, buy my old albums, and I got them. But my God, it would be great to have this right now. It would be so good to have this production from Kanye out right now, or this type of production, like where it feels like it feels like comfort, like soul food almost. Like, oh yeah, I just want to, I just want that song to play on and on. And a lot of the songs on the album kind of do that. They just kind of let the beat flow. And I love that. And I don't know. I miss Kanye. Kanye, come back. Come back. <laughs> I was come waiting. Back. I, was, I was like, Brian, don't say the wrong thing. Brian, don't say the wrong thing. Brian, don't say the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was like. We can, we can, hey, Brian. We can have a whole episode debate on whether or not the old Kanye needs to come back. But I'm going to say that for next time. <laughs> we talking but, about comments tonight. But let, speaking of comments, do you think... Um, people like Ron who don't like him like that. Um, do you think it's because of if you look at like, well, I guess Brian can't really say much because you said you didn't listen to most of his albums. But if you listen to like Common's like old hip hop albums and like now from like actually from like B all the way up to all the albums he has now, he was more of like an MC raw hip hop type of guy where it's like. He rapped, and sometimes you're just like, what are you trying to say, Common? I don't get what you're trying to say. And then now it's like, he's more of like a, 
a poet in his music. Like he's more, he's like slow, suave kind of comment. Is that? Do you think why is that why people don't like him? Of because he's the shift he's making, or I just try to find why people don't like comic because there are a lot of people who don't like comic. I don't get it. Okay, I have you a, kind of touched. I have a theory. Go ahead, Ryan. You go first because you really don't like him. But <laughs> you, you kind of you kind of touched on it for me because I felt like there's always there's, there's a, a hint of not authenticity with his persona. For some reason, I just never felt like he's truly given us himself. I felt like he's given us common the character, and that's who he decided to become when he became a rapper. So you I think there's a part? Think there's a part of common that we don't really know yet? Or... I, I don't think there's some. I don't even think you have to dig that deep because there are definitely some things out there like, of people who say that he lives differently than what he talks. Really? How so? Tell us more. Um, the the first one that comes to mind were his comments about interracial dating. I remember that he he may have changed his opinion on that. I'll throw it out there now. But there was a time where he was saying that he wasn't really for it. Like he thought that interracial dating, you know, really just shouldn't be happening. Which, he does you know, say it in a song. Opinion. He does say it in one of the songs. Yeah. So, but then also there was like people say, okay, you say that, but yet there's videos and photos of you out here being with white women, which I think he went on and claimed, you know, I'm just smashing them basically. Yeah. <laughs> He really did, so, yeah. I mean, <laughs> stuff like that. That's the first thing that comes to mind. I, I, there's something else that I wish I could have more knowledge to speak on, but I, didn't just, I don't really remember the little details to even say. Here, here's what I think some people have an issue with Common on. I don't think anybody dislikes Common the man. I don't think, I don't want to say nobody, but I think most people like him and want him to do well. You know, you want Common to win. <laughs> I don't know why we root for him like that, but you know how like when a, a popular dance comes out or a popular saying and you and your friends all say it and it's cool and then out of nowhere you start hearing white people say it and you're like, uh, that's not cool anymore. I feel like Common is like that. Like he's, he's become like, oh, white people like you. Oh, yeah. Not, and I'm not saying it's bad to be liked <laughs> by white people. I am not saying that. But it does feel very much so like Common has become like gentrified almost. Like, oh, like, oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where you go with that one, to be honest. Because if that's here's the my case, thing. You, you look at all... Common now. You look at Common now. Common show. Common shows up on the Oscars. Common was on CNN this weekend, of course, supporting the marchers. Common shows up in spaces that the Common around this album, 2005, would not have been in. And the lyrics that he's spitting are very safe. And they're very like, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. I'll go even as far as to say they're boring. Like, you look at what he won the Oscar for, Glory. Common didn't win that Oscar. John Legend won that Oscar because Common's lyrics on that song are whack. They're like nursery rhyme or like Dr. Suit. Like, it's like, uh, okay, Common, you're like, you're like, uh, pouring syrup over the civil rights movement. And I don't like what you're saying, but let's listen to John sing this song. That's real. That's way better. Or even the song he was nominated for this year. It's like other people, it feels like other people at this moment kind of from a music standpoint elevates common but you're not really there for him 
and I just feel like he's safe now, and I don't really have to listen to him, and I don't have to be interested in him, because he's not really bringing anything new, he's just, oh, Common's here, of course Common's here, he's safe, that's kind of how I feel. Mm. Okay, now that now we definitely know I'm listening to this. Mm. I'm sorry, <laughs> I like Common. Common, they ain't shit, bro. You straight. I do like him. Hey, but I agree with you though, 100 on that. <clears throat> but <clears throat> I guess for me, I just I've been such a long time fan. It's not. I guess it's like you guys when anyone talks bad about Jay Z or Kanye or Michael or because y'all standing. So I'm on the same way. He's one of my favorite. He's really the, the main reason I even started really listening to hip hop when I moved to the States. Um, it's because he's the first person I listened to. But I do get what you're saying because at the same time, he does have this persona where you're just like, man, is Common really common like this 24-7? Is he really that smooth guy? Like, yo, what's up? Like, is he like really that way? Um, or is he just personified based off the media? But <clears throat> I will say his last album... Was, is really dope, but you guys probably won't listen to it. So, um, <laughs> if you pick it, we will listen. Yeah, to it. We will. Is it, wait, is the last out? What's the name of it? Because I actually bought one of his last albums. Are you thinking of one that came out in like 2012 around there? I think this one was even like recent, more recent, and I think it was like all about Chicago. It was supposed to be. The album I bought was supposed to be like, I'm a, I'm going back to my Chicago roots. This is like the uh, tough comment coming back. Uh, well, this one, the last album was 2016 called Black Amer- Black America again. Maybe that's it. What was the one before that? Maybe that's the one I bought. Uh, nobody. <laughs> you're thinking of nobody smiling when he's like monkey on the cover. Yeah, that's the one I yeah, bought. That, yeah, that was that was alright. I was like, I wanna, I wanna hear. It. This I want to hear Common go back to like the tough Common. Like I didn't even know you were tough at a point. And it was funny, like when he was promoting that album, all the radio people he would do interviews with. And he he gives really good interviews. They would all say like, yeah, like we know who you like. We heard about you in the streets and all that. Like, well, why we don't ever see that? And he was like, well, yeah, this is the album and this is it. And it's like. But then the very next weekend, you got, like, a Disney movie coming out. It's like, why, what are we supposed to do with this? I don't know. That's that's always yeah, weird to me. He's making his money, bro. Hey, you're damn right. Because Common making money. <laughs> Common always money. somewhere making money. TV, movies, shows. Yeah, Common good. <laughs> when, <laughs> I'm trying to clean it up, y'all. I see. <laughs> I really see you try. <laughs> would you guys want to see Common and Kanye work together again? Definitely. I would. Mm. Yeah. 2018 Kanye and Common? Nah. Because obviously not 2018 because Kanye not existing right now. That's probably why. But... Alright. You're about to hurt feelings, uh, but you know what? Speaking of Kanye, it's actually the next thing that we need to talk about. So, Futures. On this album, it really was just Kanye when it comes to rappers. You know, I think I, I don't think there was anyone else, unless I'm forgetting. But I think it was John Legend on the chorus once, and then Kanye doing a couple of verses. So, speaking of just those couple of tracks where he was speaking just of like his actual rapping, what did you guys think? Did he bring enough 
energy to the track? Did he bring the right, you know, did he do better than Common or were they about the same? Uh, I don't know. I think to me, I mean, he, he can, he, I would say Kanye West is a better rapper than Common. And I don't think, and I think that's just how it is to me. He, he brought, when Kanye rapped, it's like Kanye rapping. Um, when Common's rapping sometimes, it's like, like I said before, like when you're listening to him, is he like, he's trying to send this like deep woke message while he's rapping, but it doesn't sound like he's doing it correctly. Um, I think Common is more of like a spoken word type artist. And I think that's where he prevails the most. And so that's why I wouldn't, he's a rapper, but when he does like, if, if it doesn't even make sense to say a spoken word rapper. Mm, you can kind of, I don't know. I, I don't know how to put it. Yeah, I don't know how to put it. But like when he raps, it's more of like he's like doing a spoken word to a beat. Um, compared to when Kanye is rapping, he's like that's real rap. Like he's really flowing, spitting rhymes, and um, I don't know if I'm making sense, but that's how I look at it. Uh, I definitely think Kanye uh, like outdid Common on the song. I do feel like Common is a talented rapper and a skilled rapper. And I think he has skills that Kanye cannot match. But it's like, you want to hear that, but I don't want to buy it. Like, I would definitely, <laughs> well, I mean, like, I would definitely like, oh, if Common was putting on a show or like at a festival. I would definitely like love to see Common up there and just do his thing. I feel like I did do, yeah, he was at, uh... I saw Common live. He was with Jill Scott uh, a few years ago. And the way he puts on a show is really cool because he shows off in a way. Like, I can, he does this on a lot of TV interviews too. You can throw a word at him or a phrase and he'll put it in a rap right on the top, right there in front of you. And I think that's really cool. Like, that's very, that is a talent that most people don't have. Um, but as far as like making a song, uh, yeah, I feel like Kanye definitely, or making the song, I feel like Kanye outdid him in this standpoint. There was another feature, but it's the last poets. Was that, that was just poetry, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. For me, I mean, I think I'm no surprise. I thought Kanye straight outshined. No on that surprise. One. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but at the same time, I do agree with that sentiment that I think that Common has the potential to do things that Kanye couldn't do when it comes to creating raps. But when it comes to who's the person that's going to make music that I'm more likely to hear than yeah, it's going to be Kanye. But just in the context of this album, what they did together. I think I would I would like to hear a couple more songs together from them. I don't necessarily need to hear Kanye producing his music, but I can see some collabs that could be dope. Mm, guess we'll find out whenever he comes back. Yeah, I mean, is he retired or anything, or does he just kind of take a long time in between his albums? Oh, I was talking about Kanye. Oh, see, that's the last time he Hey, but I will say I did really enjoy this album. It was really good. I feel like I feel like there is something special. Is good music still a thing? It is, right? I'm being for real. Yeah, I'm not joking. It is, right? Um, I I I don't think so to be honest. Well, I feel like this this here, whatever they had back in like 
call it from like 2002, maybe three, no, four, three, 2003 up until maybe 2008, nine was really dope. Like you, I wish like I was friends with them because you can, I feel like that's one thing too that I feel throughout this album is you feel like a friendship and I don't even know how to explain it. Like, you feel it through their work, though. You feel that yeah. common vibes in on this album with Kanye. You feel that John mm. probably wasn't even supposed to be on it, but heard it and just jumped on. You just get that feeling that it was like, hey, you here? Do you feel something? Let's do this. Like, And that, to me, is like, you can't like create that. You, it's just something that happens. Like, that's that's the thing that happens to me with, like, Missy Elliott, Timbaland, and Aaliyah. Like, you just feel it. Um, Michael Jackson and Quincy Jones. Like, it's something that only people, I guess, you trust, I guess would be the thing. It only comes out then. Because didn't Kanye and Common do another album, Conrad? They did. They, they, they did collab. Like, they has features, but they don't have, like, another album together. Like, okay. It sounded like where Kanye produced it. Yeah. Mm-mm. Okay. This is like it one of the things. I think B was the first album that um, uh, Kanye had like produced for him. But he Kanye is on all his albums, at least in some way. Okay. He's always in his albums in some way. I think the last. Did you guys ever listen to Universal Mind Control? By Common? Yeah, actually, that's the one that Calvin album before this one that I've listened to in full, and I didn't hate that one at all. Alright. <clears throat> That's all I want to hear from you, Ron. You can be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so so Conrad, is this your favorite common album? Uh yeah. Yeah, okay. Definitely. Yeah. So if so like because I did probably enjoy universal this album, mind control. If okay, so if I were to listen to another one, I should go there. I would say that, yeah. Alright, I'm gonna check that out. Alright. All right, so earlier, you know, just a second ago, B mentioned that he really enjoys this album, which brings us up to the last point of the night. Will y'all keep listening to this album, or will y- and will y'all keep listening to Common? I mean, for me, it's an obvious yes, so he's in all my daily rotations. Okay, okay. B? I, I will continue to listen to this album. I'm going to check out the album Conrad just mentioned. Hey, is it weird? Like, part of me wants to check out Common when he was with Erica. I just want to hear what that was all about, like. I just wanted to... Uh, That's Electric Circus, right? Yeah, Electric Circus. Jimmy Jimmy was a rock star. Alright, I'm gonna go check that out. Because I just gotta know, like, (laughs) what do these people be going through? A little jealous, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna keep supporting Common. (laughs) Alright, well, for me, I would definitely keep listening to the songs I found on this album that I liked. Like, those are in my rotation now. But outside of maybe some recommendations I get from you guys listening to them, I don't see myself adding them to my rotation. You ain't so, sure. actually, you know what? I'm gonna go back and listen to Universal Mind Control again because, like I said, I remember liking that album. So I'm gonna pull some stuff off of there to put in the rotation. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe, maybe off of that, that I might, I might like that so much I might keep going. We'll see. You know, Ron, you're not slick. Okay, you picked an <laughs> album. You went first. You picked an album that you knew everybody loved. 
And then you wait, you wait to pick all that shit apart. <laughs> like, you are not slick. Look, y'all all right, hey, go first. Let me say like this. Okay, if you don't want to listen to all his albums, all Commons albums, whatever, just listen to the album compilation called Go, Commons Classics. Okay. And it has, like, tw- at least, like, 13 songs of one of his, like, of all his classics from each album he's had. Or, like, so... We'll save you some time if you don't want to really go through everything. Alright. And if you listen to that and you don't like it, then alright, you can leave. Conrad, okay. I appreciate your choice, okay? I really do. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope you show the same do appreciation you, when I give do my you, Ronald? next week. <laughs> Look, I don't see how... If y'all think three emojis is bad, wait till y'all think something I really don't mess with. And that's why I'm not picking. Bro, I'm going to give five shit emojis. Just straight shit. <laughs> five, five of them. This was trash. going to be the first ever podcast fight. <laughs> like, <laughs> you thought you pulling up to my crib? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. All right, so let's go ahead and get up out of here. If y'all have anything y'all want to do in the conversation tonight... Or y'all want to y'all go back to our last episode when we reviewed the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Y'all want to add in that or anything you want to talk to us about, let us know. You can get us on social media at Who's Mans on Instagram and Twitter, Who's Mans dot Facebook dot Who's Mans on Facebook, and then make sure also if you're checking us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever it is, like you're leaving likes, ratings, reviews, let people know that you're enjoying it. Share it with your friends, you know, interact with us on social media. You know, we'll be trying to talk to you guys, so keep an eye out for our posts. We want to hear, hear back from you. And overall, just make sure that you let us know what you're enjoying from this and what you want to hear a little bit differently. Because especially with this album of the month, you know, some brand new that we're doing here. So if you feel like we're not touching on the right things, let us know. What else you want to hear about? If there's something that we missed that we felt was real important, let us know. We'll, we'll do a little follow-up real quick and talk about it. So, you know, we definitely are going to be interactive with you guys. And the more you talk to us, the more we'll talk back with you. Now, if you want to get at me personally, you can get at me on Twitter at TaylorMadeLife. With that, I pass it off to you, B. Hey, don't at me at God. Pray for me that I make it out of Watsahatsi. Hatsi Chatsi. I don't know the name, but <laughs> I'm about to get out of here. Peace. Conrad. Right. Y'all can find me on Twitter at Daffel underscore Connie. On Instagram, it's Dixie22. Um... I'm going to leave you with something that was inspired by the famous Nobody. He's a podcast host for Ignorant Philosophy and producer of this erotic podcast he has called Black Widow. But he recently released an episode. He's doing kind of like his own thing about positive energy and positive vibes. And today he, or on Sunday, he released one. Um, and it kind of inspired me to tell you. And kind of goes in with this album of the month we finished off of being yourself and being true to yourself um so you're gonna go through life right now and at least i don't know for me personally i'm going through parts in life where i feel like i don't know what the hell i'm doing right now Uh, like it looks like i know what i'm doing but like yeah i work i have a good job i'm happy but i feel at the same time i'm just like i'm missing something and i'm always searching for what i need to do next or um you know, you have friends that are getting married and starting their lives and people are getting, you know, promotions and people are, you know, uh, moving on and traveling the world. And you're like sitting here and you're thinking like, at least for me, I'm just like, man, I want all of that. 
but I feel like I'm not ready for all of that at the same time. And you start doubting yourself and what you're going to do. And sometimes you just got to sit back and be like, you know what? It's all right. It's okay. Not everyone has their shit together. Like, it's all right to have those thoughts and think that, you know, you're going to make it. I mean, you have to have, and it all comes down to people you're surrounded with, having the right people around you who are going to tell you that everything's going to be okay. And you don't always have to be strong. You can be vulnerable. You can have those days where you're just like, you know what? I just need a hug. I just need to talk to you. I just need to sit here in silence and just lay next to you, lay next to your partner, whoever you, whoever is there to support you, or just, you know, just lay down and just be like, you know what? I'm just going to go sleep. Tomorrow's a new day. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to, to, to show emotion. You don't have to cry. You don't have to, you know, boohoo and show it, but it's okay to be just like, you know what? I'm sad. I, you know... I need to release these emotions in some way that's positive and it's in a way that's productive. And it's okay to do that. Just know that when you wake up or when you start the next day, it's a whole new day. And now you can think clearly, you can think fresh by releasing those things, those negative energy or that, you know, those people who are holding you by by releasing them, you can move on. Um, Just be you, be, be 100, be yourself. Don't change for anyone. That's one thing like I took from this album of the month. Like it, it's obviously it's I mean it might be cheesy, but it's exactly what he was trying to do. Like, be yourself. Like be a hundred be a hundred tomorrow, the next day. Don't change. If you're gonna change, change for the better. But at the same time, be yourself. Um. So I hope this week it's starting off on a good note. Even if it didn't start off on a good note on a Monday, it's okay because you have four more days of work. Free and. If you don't have four more days of work, you have six days left to change the outcome of your week. Um, so by the time you listen to this, it's on a Monday for us to recording early. Um, I hope you have a great weekend. Like I said, be yourself, be vulnerable, be happy, kill all the negative energy and bring on that positive energy into the weekend. Uh, pray for Brian that he gets out of this Bumba Klutz place. I don't know where he's at. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I'll leave it at this. Darnold, don't be trying to rep Jersey now when everyone don't everyone coming at you living in St. Louis. Anybody, ain't nobody <laughs> likes St. Louis, bruh. You don't want it, no one likes St. Louis. You see why B Shock left? Like, All right. <laughs> it ain't safe. It ain't safe. It ain't safe. <laughs> we out of here. <laughs>